0: So I believe a market crash and a recession is around the corner, and I think it's going to be worse than what a lot of people think is going to be, and I don't think 90% of America is ready for it, let alone the world is ready for it, but those who are are going to benefit from it the next two to five years. We'll talk about the top 10 market crashes we've ever had, the duration, how ugly it was, the cause of it. We're going to talk about how to be ready for the difference between a market crash and a recession, what other experts are saying about it, different stocks. And then anyways, based on that, as I make the argument to you, At the end of it, you'll be able to make a decision what decisions you're going to make with your finances and proper sequencing moving forward. Having said that, uh, at the end of it, the slide is going to be around 80 pages. Some of you guys will have a way to get the uh, 80-page PowerPoint that we'll give to you, so stick around till the very end. The reason why I did this, this was a private webinar that I hosted just a couple days ago where tens of thousands of people signed on, and the next thing I saw is these things were being uploaded all over YouTube, And I said, I'm gonna shoot this again and I'm gonna make this public due to popular demand and then the audience is gonna be able to do whatever they wanna do with this information. So having said that, Let's get right into it. So, first of all, a couple things that we're going to be learning today. The difference between a market crash and a recession, why recessions are important, how to prepare for them, and how to make your millions, whatever the dollar amount is for you, during and after a market crash. So, my, my opinion, I believe a market crash is coming 6 to 24 months from then. The only reason I put that 6 to 24 is because the Fed... And our politicians are trying, the White House is trying to do whatever they can through purely fake way of increasing interest rates or, you know, a a different kind of build back, better plans, whatever they're going to be doing to put money into the system to delay this uh, market crash and the recession that's coming. Midterms is around the corner, so it could be six months. It could be 12 months, it could be 24 months, but it's coming. Recession's going to probably be announced a lot sooner. It could be as soon as July. It could be as soon as Q4, but that's also coming here soon. But I'll give you some of the tools on what to do to be prepared for this. So uh, my market crash philosophy that I follow, and I'll, and I'll break it down for you exactly how this has impacted my life, number one is every time a time like this comes, and I don't believe a time like this is going to come for another 20 to 40 years, maybe not even in my lifetime because... The perfect storm of what's going on today with how COVID came and we were asked to stay home, but money was sent home. We printed trillions of dollars of money and a lot of it went to the rich. Some guys went from being worth 20 billion to 300 billion, some went from being worth a million dollars to 300 million dollars and then some of them are going to be corrected today and then you know at the same time the inflation, gas, Ukraine, Afghanistan, there are so many different things that are hitting at the same time 128 month economic expansion that we're being affected by it so, If you're ready for it, this is when you add the next zero to your net worth. If you're worth a hundred grand, you ought to be worth a million dollars in the next 12, 24, 36 months. If you're worth a million, you ought to be worth 10 million dollars if you do it right the next two, three years. If you're worth 10 grand, you ought to have a hundred thousand dollars, maybe even a million dollars. But the key is to chase the next zero, your next zero, whatever that zero, maybe now you may say, Pat. I'm only worth hundred dollars. Well, then go to hundred thousand dollars. It doesn't matter what it is, but chase the next zero. That's how I process. And number two, is recessions are a good thing for marketplace. God knows we need today's recession. Yesterday I had on the podcast the uh, the, the gentleman who uh, came up with the, uh, coined the phrase quantitative easing uh he worked for japan bank of japan he worked for all over the place all over the world oxford grad all this stuff economist and we had a debate back and forth but i believe we need to actually go through a recession and our politicians need to allow this to happen but it's actually good for the marketplace i'll explain to you why it's the best time to build wealth and only the prepared will prevail during this time, so if you see this picture, that's me. Uh, I think this is day two or day three at Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. This is a uh, I got started with them a day before 9/11, and that's my cubicle. The lady in the back, uh, she was one of my coworkers. We got hired on the same day. Her name is Soul, and uh, the gentleman who hired us, Dave Kirby sat us down, and it was only supposed to be one of us getting a job. She was obviously very overqualified, uh, UC Berkeley, and I was underqualified. But he liked us both. He gave us the job, and he said, you guys got to share a computer screen together. which you don't see is to the right. She was a genius. I think she got like a 1560 on an SAT. It's our coworkers taking a picture. Don't let that smile fool you. Nobody was smiling because the corner, a uh, stockbroker in the corner who was making 700 grand, within 12 months, his income dropped to 70 grand. He was not ready for it. He was golfing pretty much every day and you know he didn't see this event coming up and then next thing you know things happen but Dave Kirby had a meeting with us everybody was scared and he said it's going to be the toughest time to stay in this business this is not a good time to stay in the business but if you do in the next three to five years, the opportunity is going to be great for you. So, the 2001 dot com bubble happened. I got started on 910. It was the worst time to start with Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. We had 3,600 employees at World Trade Center. When World Trade Center went down, I was supposed to go to New York. They shifted our training and I went to San Francisco instead. And before the next recession, while this took place, this is when I made my first $100,000. Now, keep this in mind. I'm not a qualified guy. I'm a military guy without a four-year degree or a two-year degree. I'm a bodybuilder at this time. That's what I want to do. I want to be Mr. Olympia. That's my dream. And then I shifted into the financial industry. So I'm not the guy that's supposed to make the money, but I made my first 100000 specifically in savings is what I'm talking about. And then this continued. So then I opened up my own offices and insurance. This is me in a picture sitting in front of my computer. Look at that earpiece, by the way; those are the old ones. And I'm wearing a camel hair jacket, I believe. And uh, I'm sitting there, you know, working on some projects. But this is 2007, 2008. This picture was taken at a building, 8550 uh, North Balboa Boulevard in Northridge, California, right across from uh, Roscoe and North and uh, uh, Balboa. So I'm sitting there at this point. I'm tracking everything that's going on with the market, my savings, my investments, and a few things happen at this point. In this picture, I have around half a million dollars in savings. Uh, I started my own insurance company a year and a half after that, October 20, 2009, probably the worst time to start it because this is when AIG was almost going out of business. Insurance companies at the time had nothing to lose. They had a hard time with business, and we grew it from 66 agents. Today, we have over 20,000 agents nationwide, but before the next recession at this time, at a million dollars in savings. Let me continue. this keeps going on COVID happens 2013, 2014, market crash happens in 2020, financial assistant, where a lot of people were taking PPP loans, we didn't take the PPP loan, we had a meeting with our board, they said we can get around $4 million, and I said I'm not taking a $4 million, I said why, I said why would we take $4 million when we got $15 million sitting in the, why would we do that, we're not going to do that, let that money be taken by other people, my board thought I was crazy, anyways, years, a year and a half later, at an event we had at MGM, one of our board members who's the managing director of Oaktree Capital Management for one of their, divisions, got up on stage in front of everybody at MGM Grand Arena and says, hey, one thing you guys don't know is when COVID hit and we could have taken $4 million, your CEO, Pat, said he's not taking $4 million because he doesn't want to take it. So this isn't a guy that talks capitalism. He actually believes in that stuff. So a lot of people are taking financial assistance and I saw so many restaurants going out of business. I said, they need the money. I don't need the money right now. We're going to be okay for it, but the people that need it, let them be able to take advantage of it because they're officially being said that they're a uh, what's the word, that they're not a an essential business, right? These non-essential businesses. It was a tough time to be in business of restaurants during that time. But for our business, we went from 100% being face-to-face sitting with clients to all of a sudden, I can't see my clients because I have to do Zoom. We didn't know how to do that. We made a shift immediately. So when that crisis happened, I was scared. I didn't know what to do. I came home. After a flight, we were coming back from Beverly Hills, Hilton. Had a meeting with my board, De La Jolla, Gabriel Brenner, all these guys. Everybody canceled because of COVID. So everything's going on with, that was the day where Disney shut down, You know, NHL shut down, NBA shut down. Donovan Mitchell got COVID from Rudy Gobert, and he was pissed off. That was the day. I was in LA 23 hours with the wife and three kids and my nanny. We flew back, took the family to the house. I went to the office, was there till 3 o'clock in the morning, studying, saying, what the hell is a pandemic? How ugly can this thing be? what can the market react how will the market react and nine out of ten times the panic is so big that people panic and then all of a sudden we recover six months later 90 percent of the top 10 pandemics we had in america we recovered six months later the only one we didn't recover for six months uh, 12 months later was AIDS. everything else we recovered so i said okay we're probably going to recover but how are we going to sell now that i can go to people's homes we shifted, we went to Zoom, 90% was Zoom, 10% was face-to-face, and then during this time, because of the adjustments we made, just like some of you guys are watching this, you may be in real estate, you may be a stockbroker, you may be a digital marketing guy, you may be a content creator, you may be a pharmaceutical salesperson, you may, a you may run a restaurant, you need to make the proper pivots right now, and don't sit around being casual like a lot of people in your industry are going to be, because the cemetery of businesses are gonna be filled the next 12 to 24 months, by CEOs and founders who didn't pivot quickly. They were just like, yeah, it's not a big deal. People are just trying to scare us. Okay, no problem. And then what am I going to do? I'm down to $7,000 in my bank account. Exactly. You underestimated the severity of what's about to happen and you're paying a price for it. And not only you, you and your 22 employees are not paying a price for it. This is why it's very important to study material like this and make urgent decisions quickly, not sitting there and just waiting for two years to see what's going to happen. Anyways, during this time, a lot of opportunities came up for me when people were panicking. During that time, I got a call from a guy who uh, owned two Wayne Gretzky cars. He wanted to sell it for half a million dollars. I bought it, about the two for $540,000, $540,000, year later, year and a half later, I sold it for $2.1 million. Okay. And, and those cars took off. And by the way, if I would have kept it for another year, uh, one of the cars would have sold for $3.5 million. But the point is, I went from uh, $540,000 to $2.1 million like this, easy $1.5 million that was made there. That doesn't include other investments that was made, That I'm mean, real estate, other things that I made money. The point is, when people are scared money is made because of people who have cash and can make decisions. So stay with me here as we go through this. So I went from having six figures in savings and net worth went from six figures to seven figures to eight figures to nine figures. So everybody ought to be chasing the next zero. I'm chasing my next zero. You ought to be chasing your next zero, whatever that zero may be for you. But during these times, scary times, everybody panicked, I took a different strategy, simply because back in the days, every time I panicked, I didn't make money. So I'm sharing with you some strategies that worked for me. So now, how concerned should you be about the economy today? Well, let me share with you what a few people are saying. Here's a guy named Elon Musk. You may have heard of this guy. He, uh, uh, some call him a genius. Some call him a disruptor. Some call him an innovator. Some call him the greatest troll in the world because he knows how to get under people's skins, uh, uh, people's skin on, their, on Twitter. But here's what he did say. On May 26, one of the Twitter users asked him a question. Zach asked him, Do you still think we're approaching a recession? He said, Yes, but this is actually a good thing. It has been raining money on fools for uh, far too long. Some bankruptcies need to happen. Also, the COVID stay at home stuff has tricked people into thinking that you don't actually need to work hard. Root awakening inbound. By the way, just yesterday, I want to say, he tweeted out saying, and he sent an email out that came out public. He said, you know, if you want to pretend that you're working 40 hours from home, you need to do 40 hours from the office, physical. If you're thinking you're going to do remote work at Tesla, you're fired. This company isn't for you. He announced that, I believe, two days ago. It was all over the place. I can't believe he said this. Remote work is the right way to go. Elon saying, no, remote doesn't work. You know what the following day he announced? Today. Today, while I'm recording this, today is June 3rd, I want to say, it came out that Tesla is firing, I believe, a 10%, I don't know the exact number, but they're about to let go of some of their employees because they have to. This is the next phase that they're going through. And Elon's trying to say, if you don't want to work from home, we got to let go of the bottom 10%. It's your choice. So where is Elon going with this? Where is Jamie Dimon going with this? From JP Morgan Chase, he said, the Fed only has a 33% chance to avoid a recession. What? So that means there's a 66% chance we're going into a recession? based on what Jamie Dimon said. Uh, Carl Icahn, legendary Carl Icahn, a man many fear uh, in the public sector. I think there very well could be a recession, even worse. What do you mean even worse? This is a money guy. He's going to lose a lot of money if there's a recession, but he's probably prepared for it. Billionaire icon issues um, um, uh, ominous warning. Why is he saying that publicly? He's in the space that it's better for people to be thinking bullish, not bearish. Leon Cooperman, who had on the podcast here six, seven weeks ago, he's worth $2.5 billion. He said, it's not written in stone, but that would be my guess. Leon Cooperman joins chorus of billionaire investors, warning of US recession. He sat here, it's on a podcast, you can watch it, I don't know what episode it is, and he said... I said, "How ugly will it be?" He said, "I think we're gonna have 40% market correction, around 40% market correction uh, in 2023." I said, "That bad?" He says, "I think it's gonna be around 40%." But he said it in a way where, yeah, it's normal, it's coming soon, because he's been around the block for 40 years and he's seen these things happen many, many times. So this is not coming from somebody that just got into business five years ago. Wells Fargo CEO warns U.S. it's going to be hard to avoid some kind of recession. Uh, this is the the uh, uh, Bill Dudley. Uh, New York uh, Federal Reserve, yeah, federal, he's the president, former federal, uh, president of Federal Reserve on New York. Very, very unlikely Fed can tame inflation without sparking recession, former New York Fed chief says. So we can go on and I can quote you 10 other people, what people are saying, but that's not the key. Let's, let's just get into, should we be concerned about a market crash? 75% of Fortune 500 CEOs said this month that they were bracing for a recession. Let me read this to you one more time. 75%. A Fortune 500, these are the 500 biggest companies in America, said they're bracing for a recession. They said that this month, okay? This is a Forbes article. So now, um, it's now all about an anticipation game. What's an anticipation game? You can go and fight, and all you can do is swing, okay? And you're not playing defense, and all of a sudden, you get caught, and you lose, right? You could get lucky and knock somebody, and what's like, oh, my God, look what a great fighter he is. But if you look at Mayweather, who's undefeated, his game is what? He's the anticipation game, right? And then what did Canelo do? He kind of learned his defensive game went to a different level after he fought Mayweather because he realized, I need to get this defense part down. Everything about business right now is to anticipate. Great generals anticipate. Great basketball coaches anticipate. Great military leaders anticipate. Great presidents anticipate. Great founders anticipate. And you ought to play the anticipation game. What could it look like? If we have a recession today, what industries will take a hit? How bad will it be? Who will go out of business? Who will it benefit? How can I, you know, st- put myself in a certain positioning to benefit from this? You know, what, what do I need to do from now before it happens? Who should I be reading? What article should I be reading? W- where's a place where I can get a lot of this information out there for myself? But it's all about an anticipation game right now. So, what you're doing today to prepare, what are you doing today to prepare? The more you do the preparation now, so some say, what if it doesn't happen? Great if it doesn't happen. You don't buy a life insurance policy because you're going to die tomorrow. You know, We don't have a stronger military because we're going to war tomorrow. You, you don't put money in the bank for uh, emergency fund because an emergency is going to happen. No, you're putting it because if it does happen. So if we go into recession, if a major market crash happens, are you prepared for it? That's what you ought to be asking yourself. So now... Recession is a period of temporary economic decline during which trade and industrial activity are reduced, ready, generally identified by a fallen GDP in two successive quarters. We've had one already. Q2 is going to be announced July 1st. If it's two successive quarters, do not be surprised Is if in July you hear some experts saying we're officially in recession. I don't know if the White House is going to say it because it's midterms, but don't be surprised if some economists say we're officially in recession. Okay, so now what is a market crash? A stock market crash is a sudden dramatic decline of stocks price, prices across a major cross section of a stock market, resulting in a significant loss of paper wealth. Crashes are driven by panic selling and underlying economic factors that often follow speculation and economic bubbles. Big difference. One is a day or a month. The other one is two quarters in a row. So now forecast quarter one of 2022, the market economy shrank. By 1.5%. According to the definition, if this happens again in Q2, we're officially in recession. Q2 ends uh, June 30th. This could be the uh, day America officially enters a recession. So what happens during a recession? Companies go out of business, employees get let go, borrowing money becomes harder, consumer spending decreases, stock market goes down. These are things that happened during a recession. So here's a visual. When you look at this here, this is a picture of a forest. Uh, it looks like it's sunny outside, but not if you're at the bottom, who's getting all the sun, who's getting all the, you know, love, who gets the most of the rain when it rains, the big trees at the top. How about the ones at the bottom that nobody sees? You're not getting any water. You're not getting any, you know, rain. You're getting maybe some of it. You're barely getting any sun. So it's pretty dark right above those trees. Is bright, right? Okay. So the big trees are the big companies that have been getting all the funding, the bailouts, the dollars, all that other stuff, right? Okay. There are a few big trees that catch all the sun and the rain, a few big companies that hire the most best talent. It's hard for new younger companies to grow up and compete with them, kind of like what I was just talking about, until a forest fire happens naturally, naturally. Forest fires go through natural wildfires every five to 10 years. There's a phrase for this. You can go look it up, okay? When the natural wildfires happens, you can see the people on the right. They're scared. This is a natural cycle that we go through five to 10 years. The U.S. economic cycle have lasted uh, about five and a half years on average since 1950s. In recent years, we've closer to 10 years, okay? So when it happens, this is what it looks like right after the fire. It's not pretty. It's ugly. It's bleak. It's dark. But very quickly, it looks like this, okay? And it gives opportunities for people like yourself to make a name for yourself. This is coming. This happens. It happens every about decade or so. And when it does, those who are prepared for it, hopefully somebody like yourself, they flourish. So now, why are recessions a good thing? Bad companies go out of business. Room for new companies to grow. Starts a decade or so of growth, and you'll see why here in a minute. No more overpriced talent. There's a lot of people in America right now that are overpaid because... They threatened their company that if you don't let me work remote, I'm gonna go work for another company. So companies got scared, so they gave a raise. I run companies; I go through these conversations all the time. They gave the raise, and after they just imagine the guy went from sixty grand to eighty grand. Then the guy that got the raise at eighty grand, his title changed on LinkedIn. He called a few different headhunters and he said, "I'm looking." And then the guy took a the resume of the guy with the LinkedIn profile. And he took that $80,000, went to different companies, because the recruiter makes 20%, so he doesn't care. He's hoping you get a $100,000 salary. That $60,000 person goes to $80,000, goes to a six-figure salary with a $10,000 signing bonus that can work from home, and he thinks he's fully excited. Oh my God, I went from sixty to $100,000 plus 10 grand signing bonus within five, six months. This happened all the time in a market, employers experienced this, but then today, the market's gonna expose that person and realize that person's not a $100,000 person. That person's gonna go back to a $55,000 a year job. It's gonna happen next six, 12, 24 months. And then he's gonna say, oh my gosh, you know, what's this all about? But the resume's gonna read, four jobs in the last three years. And employers don't like to hire people with four jobs in three years. They just don't. And they ask, why is this guy going from, oh, well, let me tell you, what I'm really looking for is to have tenure with a company. Oh, really? Yeah any reason why your last four jobs you didn't last more than six months? Oh, you know, One of them was this, and the other one was this. Yeah, the market is going to say, yeah, I don't know about that. We're going to go with somebody else. Those who jumped around from places to places to places are going to pay price for it. So no more overpriced talent. Access to talent previously unavailable. There's going to be a lot of... I remember in 08 you would go on jobs.com and you're hiring somebody. There were thousands of people with MBA that are looking for jobs who got fired. Thousands on top of thousands who had MBAs fully qualified who are looking for regular jobs because they can't find a job. That's what's going to be happening in the next 6, 12, 24 months. Again, this is my opinion. So. Here's what's happening today. Inflation hit 40-year high, eight and a half percent. Gas prices jumped to 48% year over year. Rental rates have increased for eight consecutive months. The average rent for a two-bedroom home in US is about two thousand dollars, according to research from rent.com, up twenty-two percent from a year ago. So from sixteen hundred dollars to around two thousand dollars. You may say, but that's only four hundred bucks. That's a car payment and insurance. That's a lot of money right there for the average worker. Grocery is up about 10% year over year. And here's what's happened to S&P 500 just this year in the first five months. This is from June 1st to end of May. Let me say this one more time. This, I'm sorry, this is from January 1st to end of May in the first five months. So S&P is down 13.3%. Uh, NASDAQ is down 23%. Apple is down 17.8%. Facebook is down 42% just this year. Netflix is down 67% just this year. Amazon is down 32% just this year. Google is down 23%. Tesla is down 37% just this year. These are good companies. These are not bad companies. Some may say they're on, the stock's on sale right now but they're down dramatically just this year. Why are they down dramatically just this year? Is this an indicator of what's about to come? Has it hit the bottom yet? Everyone's asking that question. We don't know yet. Bitcoin is down from, uh, from whatever it was to, it was $40,000. It's now 20,000, 20, it was $47,000. It's now $29,000. Bitcoin's on 39%. Just this year. Okay. I had a call with my Goldman Sachs guys and they came and flew out and had a meeting with me. And they said every time we increase interest rates twice in a quarter, history tells us 60% chance we go into recession within 18 months. So if they're right, worst case, it's going to be end of 2023, early 2024 earliest we can hit it could be next month, okay? So that's kind of what Goldman's position is with recession, but they're saying there's going to be a recession probably within the next 18 months. So how bad will things get? A few things to keep in mind. We've had a lot of fake success the last couple of years, okay? There's been a lot of Bitcoin millionaires. There's been a lot of people that are flaunting money, but they don't really have a way of making money. But they, everybody's like, oh my God, the guy must be an expert. Okay, not saying Bitcoin's a bad thing or Ethereum's a bad thing or stocks are a bad thing, but there's been a lot of fake success. Nobody knows whose success is real. We fed so much money into the market, it's gonna go somewhere. And a lot of people got it. Those who got lucky, okay, will be exposed the next two, three years. Those who didn't get lucky will capitalize the next two, three years. We're going to learn, you know, when you know when uh, Eminem had his first song, will the real Slim Shady please stand up, please stand up? Will the real success stories please stand up? They're going to be standing up the next two to three years. You'll see them, and you'll know who they are. And you'll say, wow, I didn't know it was gonna be him. Good for him. Very impressive. Really interesting. Never thought it would be him. I thought it was going to be him. Wow, that guy took a massive hit. But we had a lot of fake success the last couple years political uncertainty, uh, midterms, war in Ukraine, not going to be pretty. Nobody knows what's going to be happening. Russia, Ukraine, you know, Middle East, you know, there's a lot of uns- NATO, there's a lot of things going on there. Inflation's not looking good. Small businesses haven't overcome COVID and will now face a much bigger challenge. The economic expansion after 2020 was pumped up by fake success. We have economic expansion 128 months. Yeah, but we never really finished it off. The next crash would be a dot com double crash on top of the 2008 Recession, I'll explain to you why here in a minute. So Churchill once said, the further back you can look, the further forward you are likely to see. So the farther back you can look, the farther forward you are likely to see. So let's go back a little bit and see what are the top 10 biggest market crashes in the history of U.S. So the number 10 is what we went through during pandemic. It was February 19th, 2020 to March 23rd, 2020. That's what you call a market crash. Look how long it lasted, 33 days, the market tanked 34%. Do you remember that? I clearly remember that. Everybody was scared, but that was not a recession because it's not two quarters. That was just 33 days, right? Ninth one is computer trading from uh, August 25th, 87 to October 19th, 87. Lasted about two months, market dropped 36%. Dot-com bubble, plus March 10, 2000 to October second, two 2002, That's a recession, market dropped 37% duration, 26.8 months. World War II, crash, October 39 to April 28, 1942, lasted 32 months, market dropped 38%. Panic of 1907, it lasted 11 months, and the market crashed 40%. Uh, The continuance of Great Depression, from 32 to 33, it was about five and a half months, market dropped 41%. The USD off gold standard, Watergate, OPEC, all that combined. It was about twenty one months. Market dropped forty-eight percent. Number three. Ready? Great recession. This is just fifteen years ago, folks. This is what you need to be looking at. This is literally 13 years ago, if you think about it. 13 to 15 years ago, oh seven, oh nine. It was 17 months. The market dropped. 54.1%. Some of you guys are too young to say who's Lehman Brothers. But some of you guys are my age, you're 40 plus, and you're like, Lehman's Brothers was like Lehman's Brothers. They went out of business. Do you remember Countrywide? They went out of business. Do you remember WAMU? It's a $330 billion company. Chase bought them for $1.9. They went out of business. Merrill Lynch was bought up by Bank of America. Now they still say Merrill Lynch, but it's a Bank of America company. A lot of these companies are going to be going through it as well. No one in a million years thought Lehman's was going to go out of business until they did. Countrywide? Oh, my God. Mozelle used to walk around. He was the guy. Everybody respected him. They went out of business. Companies that nobody thought was going to go out of business, they went out of business during this time. Uh, New deal programs were cut and tax increased March 6th. Uh, 1937 to 38. this lasted 13 months, market dropped 55%, and the worst market crash, you already knew this, from 1929 to 1932, lasted 34 months, market dropped 89.2%, look at the picture there, he says, $100 will buy this car, must have cash, lost all on the stock market, how many people have played aggressive with their money the last two years, you can answer this better than I can, it's a lot of people. A lot of people have. So something's going to happen here. Now, the part that we have to look at is a lot of time when we see this, all we see is negative, scary, bye-bye. You're scaring people, Pat. No, I'm not trying to scare I'm just telling you what comes after this. But you have to be prepared for this. This is reality. Right afterwards, after World War II, look how long economic expansion lasted. 81 months. That's seven years nearly. It lasted. Vietnam War era ended. Economic expansion, 108 months. How much wealth do you think was made during that time? Reaganomics Cold War, Reaganomics Cold War afterwards, economic expansion, 93 months. The tech bubble, 112 months afterwards. U.S. housing bubble, 74 months. COVID pandemic, 128 months is economic expansion before those crises took place. This is a long time. The 128 months is the record, by the way. Post-pandemic, 24 months. It's still going today. So these things, if you, if you are able to weather the storm the next six to 24 months and you do it properly, right afterwards, what history tells us is economic expansions around the corner. And that's when all of a sudden we hear the next success stories of people who did it the right way. Of like Buffett has done this so many times in his career and he knows what season this is and everybody was criticizing him on sitting on cash last year and now Buffett's going to be able to buy a lot of stocks on sale because he's got access to a lot of capital, a lot of cash. So GE got started in 1908. This is what happens during market crashes and recessions. They got started during a recession. HP, Hewlett-Packard, during World War II, recession. Hyatt, recession. Microsoft, recession. Uber, Airbnb, a lot of these companies, Slack, again, recession. So as as scary as it may be, some of you that are watching this, you're taking notes and you're getting excited, not in a negative way, but in a positive way, to say, Okay, I want to go and make this my season for my family. I want to go light it up. Perfect. This is your season. This is your time to go out there and capitalize on what's going on. So why are recessions a good time to start a business? Less competition, all in mentality, access to talent, talent is prices, a real market value, better rates, rent, vendors, etc. And by the way, let's, this is just you and I talking. Nobody else is around. It's just me and you right here talking. Tell me you've worked very hard the last two and a half years. The last two years have not been the hardest working years of American workers. We've not worked that hard. Many have worked from home. Many, like a couple seasons, you stayed home and you got stimulus. Some of you that were working because you saw an opportunity. But the last two years, America got lazier, okay? And because employers were afraid to impose and challenge too much because they were losing people, Anytime that happens, like, oh, my God, don't push him too hard. He wants to take Friday off, let him take Friday off. He wants to take the week off and want to do PTO, and he doesn't want to do PTO, still wants to work from home on his vacation, let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Yeah, the standards and the fears of the leaders has caused people to be lazy the last two years. But guess what? The next two years, leaders are going to have backbone because market's going to be on their side, okay? So you're going to see the next two years. The workers are going to win. But if you don't work the next two years, you're going to be exposed the next two years. Maybe you got away with it the last two years. You can't get away with it the next two years. Everyone in the marketplace is going to have their camera on you, all eyes on you. So meaning if you do it right, they're going to say, salute, you're a winner. If you don't do it right, they're going to say, well, listen, we got to kind of let you go and move on. It's not a message people want to hear, but it's just the reality of it. So eight eight ways to prepare for a market crash. Number one, anticipation. We talked about it earlier. Number two, risk tolerance. Have a sit down with you and your wife or your husband or your family and say, what is my risk tolerance? At what level am I willing to risk a little bit? Because this is a season that if you're able to manage your risk properly, you can really come out stronger afterwards. But don't make any moves if you can't tolerate risk based on your age, based on your tolerance period. Like yours, you may say, I'm not the kind of guy that likes us, and don't don't play around if it's not part of your DNA. But if you manage your risk properly the next 6, 12, 24 months, you're going to come out in a, you ought to come out in a good place right afterwards. Okay, number three, carry cash. Cash is king. Everybody says cash is trash, cash is this. Ain't nobody saying cash is trash right now because if you got cash, things are going to be on sale, just so you know that. So, well, you know, the dollar, if you would have kept it, it would have lost 8%. Okay, fine. Let's just say lost 8%. These stocks lost 40% in the last five months. A lot of things are going to be on sale and as low as they are, I believe it's going to go lower. But if you have cash, a lot of opportunities are going to come. Now, I'm not telling you 100% cash. You don't want to be 100%. Historically, it doesn't benefit to be 100% cash because nobody can time perfectly how the market's going to do but it is a benefit for people who can go out there and use money to buy things on sale today. Many have been preparing for this season to come. Cash will be king the next 24 months. Cash was not king the last 24 months. Cash will be king the next 24 months. Avoid any major real estate deals, unless if you're going to be living in this house for 10 years. If you can avoid buying a house the next 6 to 12 months, I would do so. Uh, uh, if you can, if, again, if you're going to live in it, great. If you're not going to live in it, hold off a little bit. You're probably going to buy it at a discounted rate. 6 to 12 months from now. Have a serious business plan in place. 5% precious metals. Um, this may be a season where the people that are pro-gold, people will have an argument. Oh, I told you gold has done this. Yeah, they may be right. Gold may hit 2, 2,000, So you may want to have a little bit of maybe 2 to 5% precious metals and some of the crypto is going to probably recover. But, you know, the precious metals may be something for you to look at. Protect your career. What I mean by protecting your career is the following. Whatever you're doing right now, recreate yourself today. Last two years, if you really improved, nobody noticed. Last two years, if you read a lot of books and you were the person that's sitting there taking courses and getting better and going to things, events, and conferences, nobody noticed. Nobody noticed because people who didn't do that made money. So the market said, like, oh, wow, look how smart that guy is. But you were working on yourself. Nobody noticed. But today, if you work on yourself to recreate yourself in your company with the way you show up, with your attitude with being a person that's showing up, leading, working hard, improving, challenging your peers, setting the right example, constantly getting better, reading, bringing new ideas, bringing strategies, everyone's going to take notice the next two years. This is your season. The people that are in that mode of wanting to improve themselves, The next two years are your season. The last two years were not your season, just so you know. Number eight, take a time out and study your portfolio. Good time to do that. Uh, 10 steps to make millions during the market crash. Number one, monetize fear. There's a lot of people that are afraid. What does this mean to you? People who wouldn't take a meeting with you a year and a half ago, they're going to take the meeting with you. We announced a Zoom uh, uh, that I was doing this market crash. Everything I'm doing with the PowerPoint was on a private Zoom, private webinar that I did. You know how it was? So we said, yeah, we're going to get a few thousand people. Like this, we're getting complaints on Instagram. I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to get on. I'm trying. Yeah, because the whole thing was take thousands of people were on for an hour and a half. And afterwards, tens of thousands of people signed on to want to see it. They keep wanting to see this. They're asking each other, where is this? Where is that? Where is this? Can I get a pre-crown? I miss this. I miss that. I'm you know why? Because people are wanting to listen today. Because they're afraid. This message a year ago, no one was afraid. Everyone's Bitcoin was at 69,000. Everyone's stock was killing it. Everyone's portfolio was awesome. Everyone's real estate portfolio was awesome. Nobody was afraid. People are willing to listen. And those who are able to win at the highest level are able to monetize fear. I'm a parent of four. You know when my kids listen to me and I can help them improve? When they're a little bit afraid. When they're cocky and they're not afraid, they don't listen. When they're a little bit afraid, I can give counsel, they'll receive it. You were like that. Like that, it's called human nature. Understand this concept where how fear works. Number two, the lazy, arrogant, over leverage will be filtered out. It's unfortunate. So, maybe you're watching this right now, you don't like this comment I'm making, you're going to be filtered out. I hope you're ready for it. So, it means it's not too late to change, start working, be humble, and stop being over leveraged. Okay, because winter is coming. Go, so you have it's not too late to shift. But those of you that stay lazy, arrogant, and over leveraged, it's going to be a bad season for you in the next two years. Become bankable, meaning if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you're going to say you're going to get on Zoom, if you say you're going to go do a meeting, if you say you're going to come through on a deadline, a number, a commitment, do it. The market is currently desperately looking for leaders and people who say what they're going to do. Period. Who say they're going to do what they're going to do. You do that, the market is going to want to work with you because it's lacking right now. People like that. Number four, strengthen numbers. Um, Join a community. Like right now, we launched our new website today, Valuetainment.com. We've been working on this for a while because everyone's asking community, community, community. So we have a few different tiers. So we have a private social network that we just announced where value trainers from around the world who work together regularly. If you don't see them, if you go to the vault conference, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're not, it's a social network we launched just for valutainers that they can talk to each other. What strategy are you using? How are you using with this? Can I get a refer-for an accountant? What are you using with lawyers? How are you guys handling What do you think about real estate thing? How are you guys handling the creating content? What are you doing with this? Con podcast. What do you guys think about this thumbnail? That community, join a community. If it's not ours, go join a community, Join community because strength in numbers is when you're going through a season like this, it's going to help you if there's other people that are also going through it, where their strategies becomes your strategy. Your strategy that's working becomes their strategy. Join any community of winners today. Don't be doing this. As a loner, this is a wrong time to be a loner. This is a wrong time to do this all by yourself. You're not going to win trying to do this by yourself. You need to be part of a community. We're going to put the link below for the vitamin community. You'll find out how to be a part of that. But anyways, if it's not ours, go join a community. I believe our community is the best because they're fun, they're smart, they're intelligent, they like to work together, and they're winners. So if you want to be around an environment like that, that's our community. That's Vietainers. If that's you, you may want to join our community of So strengthen numbers, number five. And by the way, part with strength in numbers for me would be, last night I'm having a cigar with Matt and Mario at the house in the backyard. We're having a cigar and we're watching the games like midnight, 1130, and you know Boston came back. Anyways, we're having a conversation together. And- Matt's like, hey, Pat, so what are you thinking about right now when you're talking about adding the next zero? What's at the top of it? We're at Shooters having dinner as well. He asked that converse question and the conversation continued to the house. I said one thing. He said what? I said recruiting. What do you mean? I said I'm, I'm in the game of recruiting because I believe in strength in numbers, recruiting talent, recruiting sales, recruiting investors, recruiting uh, um, editors. I'm recruiting salespeople. I'm recruiting executives, C-suites, hardcore executives, middle management. I'm recruiting talent to start their podcast here with by tim and i'm recruiting uh, uh, c-suites on my insurance company i'm recruiting all i'm doing is recruiting because anytime you want to upgrade like when i was single you're recruiting a spouse if you're single you're recruiting friends you're recruiting running mates you're recruiting strength in numbers is about recruiting all of that so you need to be in the right community to be able to recruit the right kinds of people create a cause your company can really get behind you know, when I first got involved in insurance, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm just selling insurance. So it's more here. Oh, money. There's a lot of money in insurance. You know, I'm a twenty two year old guy, twenty-one year old guy. So what are you thinking about? Oh, money and all this stuff, right? And then all of a sudden I start making money. And I start getting the nice things that comes with money. I'm traveling the world, I'm going to thirty plus countries and I'm still twenty eight years old. I'm in all these different places. Oh my God, I can't believe I've experienced this, this. Okay, cool. And then all of a sudden it hits me. I'm like, okay, now you got some money in your bank. Now you got to grow your dating that you wanted to date. Now you've traveled the world. Now you've spoken in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, your dad's told you he's proud of you. Your mom's told you she's proud of you. You've heard the magical words. Now what? Because it was all logic. Logically, I was good. Emotionally, I wanted fire. I wanted fire. I wanted to see fire in my eyes. All I saw was logic. So I started trying to recruit the fire. In 08 was a very weird year for me. Men When our age Switches That 9 Is the scariest number In men's age Sometimes women as well But more men Meaning 19 Scary Because you're about to be 20 29 Scary Because you're about to be 30 29 39 You're about to be 40 I was 29 in 08 And man I was like Right here I'm like Going crazy But I wanted to find something here So I finally went and found my cause and in July of 15th, I was dressed as uh, uh, George Washington. My wife was dressed as Lady Liberty. I put an event again in, in Palm Desert. And I got up and I said, we'll be saving America by bringing back the free enterprise system and hope to American families. Capitalism caught my heart because it allowed an average guy. I'm a regular guy. I don't have a four-year or a two-year. It got a regular guy like me who almost went and did 20 years in the military because I didn't see a way out. My life changed because of capitalism. I got the opportunity to compete with everybody else. It was the ultimate great equalizer. And that allowed me to have my dad live in another 20 years. My dad just celebrated his 80th birthday. He had a heart attack at 44 years old while he was in the waiting room. And his mother was in the hospital getting her heart checked out. He has, not 44, this was 1993, 1994. He's in the waiting room, he collapses. They do an open heart surgery. You mean to tell me God gave me 10 more years of my dad in my life? You mean to tell me I got 15 more years of my dad? He's 80 years old today. My kids have a relationship with him? I mean, that's, that's where this fire comes from. You got to find your fire. This moved me. I fell in love with what America did to this guy. I've lived in Iran. I've lived in Germany. I've lived in a lot of different places. I fell in love, and I want to share this passion with the world, okay? So I come from a different place, and it happened in 08 during a recession. Look at the timing. My wife would be next to me in the car. She was my girlfriend at the time. She's like, what is up with this guy? Man, you're like so pissed off sometimes. You're like, what's going on with you? I'm trying to recruit my cause for the rest of my life. And I got it. And it's been lit since, oh wait, it's been 14 years now. You got to go recruit your cause today. Don't take this lightly. I don't know what your cause is, but go find your cause today. A cause that makes you responsible, leader to perform, not a cause that makes you, it's unfair, it's a victim, it's because of this, they don't see me. I don't care about that stuff. I'm Middle Eastern, and I started in this business and right after 9-11. What happened in 9-11? Who did everybody look at 9 Middle Easterns. What do I look like? I'm Middle Eastern. So imagine how many, I went on an appointment one time, a husband and wife said, so can I ask you where you're from, sir? I said, I'm from Iran, born and raised in Iran, and I'm saying it proudly. Um, we appreciate you being in our, I'll never forget this appointment. We appreciate you being in our house and coming out here. But this may sound awkward, and we hope you take that respectfully. I say, yeah, sure. I'm 23 years old. Can you send somebody else to us? We're a little bit uncomfortable doing business with somebody from Iran. I didn't walk away and cry about it. I walked when I said, interesting. Well, I can't blame him. Look what just happened right there. I can't blame him. First place they go is they think about somebody like that. Great. I sent somebody else to do business with us, but I didn't sell it. I got the split commission on it. I didn't go and cry to my mommy and my daddy. I'm a leader. You're a leader, so whatever you cause, come come out with, make sure it's a cause about you leading. Next, cut the fat. Cut the fat with friends. Cut the fat with negative peers. Cut the fat with employees, coworkers, who you have lunch with, that every time you go and have lunch with these guys, they bitch, and you come back having an argument with your boss. Your boss didn't do anything wrong. The people you had lunch with did, did things wrong. They imposed the hate in your boss that you came back and had a fight with your boss that you actually get along with okay, the friends that you don't have arguments with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your husband or your wife. Your friend who's so negative because all he bitches about it is his wife or their husband, and that energy came to you and you came home that night and you fought your wife or your husband. Cut the fat. Get rid of that person. Cut the fat and move on with that person. Okay, you got to do this at this time. Find your running mates. Double down on positive distractions in your life today. Positive distraction could be reading the right books, watching the right documentaries, being in the right community, hanging out and networking with the right killers, people that are doing big things. Killers to me are people that are after it, in the hunt. They're chasing something, right? These are people that are going to place. Be around them, let them be your positive distraction in your life. Equip your team with all possible audibles. If this happens, we're gonna do this. If that happens, we're gonna do this. But if this happens, we're gonna do this first, then this, then this, then this. And to prepare all of this, we're gonna buy this software, we're gonna hire this person, and we're gonna invest into this. That's how you prepare and call audibles and equip all your team for that. Last but not least, number 10, increase your level of urgency. Don't move slowly. Move ASAP. Number One last piece of advice I'll give you before we wrap up here as we're going through this. So um, I said this earlier when I said strength in numbers. Don't do this alone. Go find a community. I'm a byproduct of that. I was fortunate enough to be in a good community in the Army. I'm still friends with those guys till today. I was good for them, they were good for me, many of them became one and one at the highest level in a different field because we were part of a strong community, there's strength in numbers, okay? While you're going through this, don't do this alone, have this video, watch it with your husband and your wife. If you're married, don't make these decisions without, ask your wife, babe, can you watch this with me? Honey, watch this with me. Have your running mates, people that are your business partners, watch this together, What's our strategy next moving forward? What do we want to do moving forward? What is my game plan? When I went through this, I'm like, I'm going to this conference. I'm attending this. I'm going to that. It's 2014, 2015. I'm clueless what it is to be a CEO. I'm a great salesperson. I'm a great sales leader. I'm a great leader, but I'm not a CEO. I didn't know what it was to be a CEO. What do I do? I spend $49,000. I go to a Harvard owner-president management program. I can't tell you anything I remember from what the instructor said. But I remember vividly, the guy sat next to me was the CEO and the founder of the lingerie company, the Victoria's Secret of New Zealand and Australia. He had 6,000 employees, seven CEOs that reported to him, some number like that. And all he did is coach me on how to be a CEO those three weeks. That $49,000 was $50 million for me on what I made. I didn't want to go through it by myself. I was in a room of 144 other C-suites, CEOs and founders from 64 different countries we were together. There's a community. Get around a community of people to learn how to do this with them. There are mistakes they're going to share with you. Don't do this. Here's what I went through it. So don't try to go through this uh, by yourself. And, and I will say, just like the story I told when I went from $100,000 to $1 million to $10 million to $100 million to all this stuff, let this be the beginning season where you're going to be sharing this story with others as well. There's a lot of people doing it. It's nothing special about me. There's many people like me out there, by the way. Many people like me out there that are winning. Why not you When it got this level? Why not you making a decision today? You could be watching this in the toilet. You could be in the car right now listening to this. You could be in the living, watching it for a second, third time. You could be anywhere right now watching this saying, this is my season, I'm going. And then go light it up. Just stop trying to do it as a loner all by yourself. Find a community, find the right running mate. So a couple of things I want to wrap up with. Number one, uh, join the Vitamin community that we have. Uh, to be part of the vitamin community, we'll put the link below, whatever it's going to be. It's going to be on vitamin.com to go work with uh, our community. By the way, uh, today's PowerPoint that I just gave you, I don't know how many slides it is. Oh, it's 60 slides. If you want to get the slides, uh, we'll give it to you for free. Click on the link below to go subscribe to our newsletter to uh, uh, get started, and you can do that. And we'll give it to you for free on the, uh, the PDF or the PowerPoint. And if you want to join our community, you'll see the different options to join the Vitamon community as well. But I can't wait to hear your stories about this. I can't wait to hear your success stories about this. I can't wait to hear from you directly in our community. There's private webinars that I do in our community. I can't wait to hear more feedback about what your biggest takeaway from this video was. And if it was extremely valuable to you after you watch this video, share this video with somebody else. Give us a subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and share this with somebody else. But whatever you do during this season, make sure you take massive action because God knows the next 6, 12, 24 months definitely demand that type of action. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.